welcome to the Coloring Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's a complete honor that you are here. No matter what brought you here, I'm a firm believer that it's not by accident that whether you came across this for the first time or somebody told you about this podcast or you saw something about it, no matter what brought you here, you are here. And I'm a firm believer that the Lord is going to do something with this in your life and in my life as well. See, the thing about the Lord is that every single time that we give ourselves to Him, that we allow the Lord to use our giftings, our talents, our abilities, our efforts, every single time that we allow the Lord to do something with our lives, He will do something with our lives, no matter how small or how big it is. Sometimes we get so caught up in the just the impact itself that we forget that obedience is so sweet to our God. Obedience is so sweet. And so that's what this podcast is. It's an act of obedience, but it's also a passion of mine to be able to talk to you no matter where you're at. So no matter if you're on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google, on iHeart, no matter where you are partaking on this, on YouTube, the fact that you are here, I do not want to waste your time. And it would be an honor for me to pray for you as we walk into today's episode. Again, your life has meaning Your life has value that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. Let us pray. Lord God, just thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for the strength, for the ability for me to be able to get up, to speak, to uh, enunciate, to get these words that are on my heart out and, and put it into sentences. Lord, thank you so much for this ability. Lord, I also thank you for those that are listening or watching this. Lord, I may not know them, but Lord, I can rest knowing that you do. Lord, you know what brought them here. Lord, you know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. Lord, you know the things that only they know about themselves, and you know the things that everybody knows about them. Lord, you care, and you are present. And Lord, you are working, even when we feel like there is nothing happening or we feel like you are distant. God, you are the I am, and you are the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. Lord, you are everything that we long for and crave. Jesus, you have a plan and purpose for our life that goes so far beyond anything this world can offer, and you make a way when there is no way. So, Lord, today we just want to look to you. Lord, we want to humble ourselves. We want to acknowledge our weakness. Lord, we want to acknowledge our dependence on you, and we just invite you to have your will and way in our lives. So, Lord, teach us what surrender looks like even more. Lord, teach us what obedience and submission looks like. And also, Lord, teach us what joy looks like. Not joy on anything this world offers, but joy that is found in identity and a relationship wrapped around you and you alone. And so, Holy Spirit, just please just use my efforts, use my words. Just please let my thoughts be your thoughts. And Lord, just shine a light on our hearts. We need you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. 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 I believe it was episode 81, but I shared that this year there was a word put on my heart at the very beginning of the year. Actually, it was kind of like a month before this year. As of recording this, of course, it's 2020. But before the beginning of 2020, I felt the Lord put this word on my heart. I was actually in Chicago And I was visiting my brother, and I was walking uh, in downtown Chicago, and I felt like the Lord put the word on my heart, sober, soberness, sobriety, sober, just that whole idea of just having a clear head 
in order to be able to not only see the Lord, but to be able to be just, you know, like a, a transparent, just instrument for the Lord to use. And I shared on episode 81 just that whole idea of soberness and, you know, what that word means to me and what the Lord is teaching me about that word, especially here in this year. And episode 81, um, it was it was around the, the time of, of everything hitting with COVID and, the you know, of course, the pandemic and everything that we're going through as a globe, as a nation. So often I just can feel overwhelmed. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt overwhelmed? As if there's just so many things going on within, external situations going on around you. And there's times where I know that I just kind of hit my knees, both figuratively and literally, I hit my knees. And I'm just like, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just here. I'm just present. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, what are, what is my voice? What is the voice of, of the enemy? What is the voice of you, Lord? Like, what is going on? Three years after the atomic bomb dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, C.S. Lewis wrote an essay entitled Living in the Atomic Age. And this is what C.S. Lewis said. I wanted to read an excerpt from this and how it just (laughs) parallels to exactly what we are going through as a nation, as a globe, and even as individuals through this time that currently I'm recording. This is what C.S. Lewis says. He says this, In one way, we think a great deal too much about the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why, as you would have if you lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have if you lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia would land and cut your throat any night, or indeed as if you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, and an age of paralysis. An age of air raids, an age of railroad accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of a painful and premature death to a world which has already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. He goes on to say this, This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb When it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they will not dominate our minds. What C.S. Lewis is hitting on is this idea of sobriety, of not being so plagued by fear and anxiety and overwhelmingness that we fail to live the life that God has planned for us to live and live a life that is fulfilling, a life to abundance of saying, Lord, here I am. Use me for your plan and your purpose. Use me for your will. Lord, use my talents. Use my energy. Use my efforts. Lord, help me not just live just isolated in a cave, but help me live life, giving it all that I have, having no regrets, but seeking you every step of every single moment of every single day. 
Every breath is an opportunity for us to use what God has given in order to bring him glory and in also in order to bring in an awareness that on our own, we are all subject and slaves of death. The wages of sin is death. Ever since the very beginning, the very first sin, we are dying, we are decaying. But there is a hope. There is a hope in the midst of a world that is decaying and a guarantee that we will die. The hope is that our creator who created life itself has made a way for us to truly live and not just be subject to the sin and death that is around us and within us. And the hope is Jesus. There's so often that I just feel so overwhelmed and I feel like just like there's so many conflicting desires within me. There's desires to, you know, use my giftings for the Lord. And then there's also desires for me just to kind of suppress those giftings and just kind of coast. You know, I don't know if you can relate with that. I know famously Paul in his scripture, he says, look, I, I feel like there's there's these two sides within me. There's, desi- there's desires to be obedient to the Lord and to follow him wherever he goes. But then there's that other side of me that just doesn't want to do that. And it's like, no, I, I want to do the complete opposite. And Paul talks about this war going on within us of, you know, like, oh my goodness, like, and who is going to free me from this war? Speaking on that duality that is within us as humans, Paul says this in Romans 7, verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Now, remember, this is Paul. This is one of the apostles. This is somebody who has had the Lord overwhelm him and just show him just revelations and visions and all these crazy things. And and the Paul, he has a history with the Lord just, you know, taking him through and he's been able to see the Lord's faithfulness. But then he says, look, I am a miserable man because of this war going on within me. And this is Paul. He's being vulnerable. He's being vulnerable. He's crying out. He's saying, Lord, Give me a sober heart. Give me a sober mind. And he says this, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I want to obey God's law, but it's because of my sinful nature that I am a slave to sin. Paul talks about the solution to our intoxication of our desires. The solution is Jesus. And he's saying, look, the moment that I realize that it is not me that can free me from this war going on within my desires, but it is Jesus that has overcome these desires that I wage war with every single day, I'm able to get my attention off of what I lack and focus it on the fullness of my God who is faithfully bringing me through and helping me overcome these same desires that once had slavery over me. But instead, now I am a slave to Jesus. Jesus is is working and renewing me, and he is faithful to complete what he has begun within me. Paul also says this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, as he's writing to the Philippian church. Paul says this, And I am certain that God who begun the good work within you will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Paul, if he was here now, he would tell you and he would tell me, he would say, look, in these moments when you are just so overwhelmed and you don't know what to think and you don't know what to do, just rest in realizing that the same God 
who began a work within your heart, within your mind, to help you have that soberness of your desires, of your affections, of your obedience, of everything in your life. The same God who has begun the work within you will complete it as we continue to walk this life out until Christ Jesus returns again. This last Sunday, as of recording this, was the very first Sunday that we had in-person services at our local church. I had this moment where, you know, of course, I, I'm sure you do as well. You know, when you go out in public situations nowadays, it's, it's so many things going through your head. And it's the same thing with me. I'm not exempt from that. So I'm here, there at Sunday, and people are kind of coming through the doors. We're doing our best to be social distant. We're doing our best to have masks. I have my mask on. Um, the rest of the staff have masks on. The volunteers have their mask on. Um, some people coming in, it's not anything that is forced that we have to have a mask uh, government-wise. Um, so some people chose to wear masks, some people didn't, but everybody was respecting each other's social distance. You get the picture. But there's just a lot of stuff going on in my head. I'm, I'm seeing somebody come in that maybe doesn't have a mask. I'm, I'm seeing somebody that comes in that has a mask. I'm, I'm, all these things are swirling in my head. I'm, I'm starting to think, okay, you know, um, there, there's hand sanitizer over there. You know, like I, I touched this or, or that. Like I, I need to go get hand sanitizer. Um, I'm trying to like decipher like who is who because the mask is kind of covering their face. So I'm trying to be like, wow, is that, you know, is that, you know, who I think it is? And I'm calling people by the wrong names because it's been a while and I haven't seen them in a long time. So just human stuff <laughs> and I'm having all these ideas all these things swirling in my head insecurities doubts confusions chaoses all these things that normally happen in our day-to-day -day, you know just environments so I'm, I'm having these things happen and I had this moment where I was like you know what I'm just going to step into um, step into I guess the sanctuary as people are worshiping and praying and lifting their hands and everything and I'm going to just focus for a second not on my thoughts but I'm going to focus my attention on Jesus. And what I found is that as I stepped into the sanctuary and everybody was singing and, and everything, I just had this moment where I was focusing on the lyrics and it was almost like this surrender happened within me. We're singing about Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I have this moment where all of those thoughts, all of that chaos within me just fades away. And I'm just so captivated and overwhelmed by the reality that we serve a God that is living. We serve a God that has overcome. We serve a God that has promised that, that the boy, again, what we read at the very beginning, you know, the work that he has begun within us, he will continue. He will continue until the day he comes back. He's already won the war. It's not something for us to just, you know, be all in fear and worry and just be like, oh my gosh, and so captivated by all this, this junk that we're going through, all of this, this brokenness that is around us. But just like C.S. Lewis said, that look, we know that there is going to be uncomfortability. We know that there is going to be death, that there is going to be pain. But when that comes, why don't we, instead of letting that pain make us a slave to it, what if we would just live our lives saying, you know what, Lord, when that pain finds me, I want to have a sober mind, a clear mind, a clear heart that I'm going to be living and not just living by me leading myself through this life, but I'm going to be living as obedience to just instruments for you to use the way that you want to use. I want to be a student of your word, not just by having knowledge in my heart and in my head, but I want to practically live it out. I want to experience the joy, the love, the peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that your spirit within me produces as I submit to your plan for my life and submit to your word, 
I want to experience life abundantly. And when that pain comes, may it find me being obedient to you. When that pain comes, may we have an obedience to our God. The reality is, is that, again, I feel like a lot of this is just so simplistic that you might be like, duh, Jonah. But like, we are children. We are children. We're little kids trying to figure this out. No matter if you're 80 or if you're 26 like me, or maybe you're 12 or 8, whatever, whatever your age is, we're all little kids trying to figure this out. And when there's a humility in the heart to say, you know what, Lord, I recognize my weakness. I recognize that I don't have the answers. I don't have the solutions. Lord, I don't know. I have a heart that it gets so overwhelmed so easily. And even when I feel like I'm strong and even when I feel like I'm able to have that confidence to make it through each day, there's still within me this just reality that I am not the solution. Like I talked about last episode, I am not the savior that I crave that we are not the savior that we crave, but Lord, you and you alone. So Lord, please help me have a sober heart to live out my, my life as an offering to you who has given me everything, knowing that it is you that produces a color in this chaos. You don't have to try to put on the brave face and to act like, okay, look, n- nothing can overwhelm me. Nothing can, can get to me. Nothing can get under my skin. Nothing can make me panic. The reality is, is that no, we will be overwhelmed. We will panic. We will be, we will get agitated and frustrated when we don't have the answers and we, when, when, when we just don't know, but you have permission to be overwhelmed But may we not stay overwhelmed. May we not stay panicked. May we be human. May we bring our weaknesses and say, Lord, this is me. This is me. And Lord, I know that you love me. You love me. You on the cross. You said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Lord, I know when I am panicked, when I am overwhelmed, all that that is is an opportunity for me to recognize that you are the solution to that overwhelmingness, that panic, that that just that that just the aroma around me that makes me just feel heavy. Lord, you are the solution. For when I am weak, Lord, it is an opportunity for your light to pierce through the wound that I am recognizing and I'm holding to you. Just like we read in Romans, who is going to save us? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we don't have to put on a brave face for Jesus when he knows our hearts. Psalms 139, Lord, you see me from afar. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, you know the thoughts that are in my head. And at the very end of that realization, David doesn't say, well, Lord, I am awesome. He says, no, search me, O God, test me, know my anxious thoughts. David is honest about his anxious thoughts. And there's an intimacy that happens when we are honest with our creator, savior, sustainer. Because what that do, does, that, that honesty and humility and surrender, what that does, it invites our God who is able to do a healing and a work within our hearts in a way that we recognize, Lord, it is only you that produced this healing that I was praying for and longing for. 
the Bible talks about having a peace that surpasses all understanding through the Holy Spirit of God that is within us. After we surrender to Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. And the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. The Holy Spirit lives within us. And yes, we can grieve the Spirit by not submitting to the Spirit and to his word and saying, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. We can grieve the Spirit. But at the end of the day, the Spirit is within us. So if you have surrendered to Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God is within you. And that spirit is what helps us be able to have a peace that surpasses all understanding. External circumstances shouldn't hold the key to our peace, but external circumstances should just be the soup that we offer to our God saying, Lord, you can redeem this mess and produce a chaos and a peace through not this situation, but through a heart that is centered on you. Because Lord, I know that you can help me navigate these waters even when I don't have the answers, even when I feel overwhelmed, and even when I feel paralyzed on my own. James chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, this is what James says. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Every uncomfortability, every moment that we are overwhelmed, every time that we go through those chaoses of life, is an opportunity for us to have our faith grown, saying, Lord, I don't see a light right now, but I'm trusting that there is a light. And it's also an opportunity for us to start to ask God to fill in what we are recognizing in that moment that we lack. And the beauty, I love this verse because it's saying, look, if you lack wisdom, just ask, just ask. And, and one of the ways that we have that sobriety, just thinking about this idea of having a clear head is by asking God for a clear head. And it's a miracle how he does it. I can see this in my life. Even, even within this week of just moments where I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, Lord, God, you have to help me. And maybe in that moment, I don't necessarily have it like, like the heavens part and then, oh, you know, like here's the wisdom. But it will come. I, I see it. I see it. It's so like evident in my life. And I know that it's evident in your life. If you've ever had a moment when you ask God, God, look, I'm lacking right now. God, I need a peace. I need a wisdom. And I'm looking to you and you alone. Lord, I'm not looking to other people. I'm not looking to anything else. But Lord, I know that you have what I lack. And Lord, I'm looking to you. He provides. Our God is faithful. Why? Because we can have that confidence that he who begun a good work within us will complete it. Will complete it. I wanted to end with this chapter and it's found in Revelation. Recently, I'm going through Revelation as I've shared before on this podcast. But Revelation chapter 19, Revelation, the book of Revelation, it acknowledges evil. <laughs> it acknowledges brokenness. It acknowledges weakness, but more than that, it acknowledges the power and the mightiness and the holiness of our God. I love the book of Revelation because it doesn't sugarcoat the human condition, but at the same time, it doesn't sugarcoat the greatness of our God. And the heart of sobriety is saying, Lord, let your kingdom come in my life, in my heart now. Let me experience an overwhelmingness of you, a focus on you. Just like when I was there at that church service, I was sitting there and everything faded away. All of that overwhelmingness, all of those thoughts and, and expectations and pressures and worries and doubts and confusions, it faded away when Jesus was the focus. 
May we have a sobriety in these times that we find ourselves in. And that doesn't come through solutions or answers, but it comes through focusing on the King of King and the Lord of Lords, the one who has overcome. Hallelujah, our King, our King Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Now we await this day. We are not here yet. John is experiencing, and he experienced through a revelation what we have yet to experience. The day that we are completely one with our God without the presence of evil and brokenness and our own evilness and brokenness. We haven't, we haven't got to this point yet when we are purified, but you and me right now are in the process of that purification. So may we cry out to God now saying, God, thank you for the work that you have begun within me that you will not stop. You will not stop until I reflect you. Lord, you, you, you are the solution. You have already won the war. I am just waiting for that moment when it is done. It is done. On this side of heaven, may we rejoice now through a cry of the heart and asking the Lord, Lord, give me a sober heart, a sober mind. Again, not to worship answers, not to worship just having a solution to a, to a chaos or a, or a brokenness around us. But Lord, first, fix this broken heart of that, that is just pumping for the broken desires. Lord, complete what you have begun within me. Yes, it's good to pray for a cure. Yes, it's good to pray for a comfort through the brokenness all around us that you may be going through in your family and your own personal life. Yes, it's good to pray for those things. But if we can seek Jesus first, then we can have that peace even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He, we can have that, that, that heart that does not fear evil. Why? Because we know that God is walking with us that he is with us, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. When we are led by the Spirit, we recognize that we have a power within us that is far greater than the power of darkness. And it takes a heart to say, Lord, I recognize and I submit. Give me a joy, give me a peace that surpasses all understanding. This world is not my home. This world is not my home. And Lord, though I feel overwhelmed, I'm bringing my heart to you. I'm being honest with you. And Lord, I am just going to bask in the testimony that you want to produce within me through this situation that we are walking through. So heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, may we cry out to the God who gives abundantly what we lack. May we have a heart for the rest of our days of sobriety, the moments when we recognize, Lord, you know, I've been focusing on the wrong thing. I've been trusting in myself or I've been trusting in others way too much. And Lord, I need to have a moment where I reset, that I wind back, even if it's just small, whatever it is, just those moments where we recognize, Lord, I have, I've kind of went off the, I've went off the, the path and I've started to try to do things on my own. May today, may right now be that opportunity for us to course correct and say, you know what, Lord, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Who is going to free me from this bondage to all of this brokenness within and, ex and around me? It's not myself and it's not others, but it's you. So, Lord, I'm returning back to your word. I'm focusing back on your bigger picture. Lord, awaking, waken my heart, awaken my mind to the bigger picture. The fact that we are called to know our God and to make him known. That is, the, that is the primary cause of this life and purpose and mission of this life. 
And when we get derailed and we start to live life for other purposes and other missions, apart from the mission that God has given us to go into this world and let them know about the hope that can be found only in him, then all it takes is a breath to say, Lord, I, I, I give it to you. I give it to you. Lord, help me. Bring me back. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way within me and lead me within your way everlasting. Psalms 139, 23, 24. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you so much that everything that we are going through is not something that is new, even though it feels new to us. But your word says that everything we go through, that there is nothing new under the sun. And just like C.S. Lewis wrote in the late 40s talking about that fear of the atomic age, that at any moment an atomic bomb can just destroy it all and end it all. May we have that heart of sobriety as he talked about the end of that excerpt of saying, look, we know that pain and death and, and sickness and all this stuff will come, but may we live life obedient now. May we live life abundantly now. And the only way we can do that is centered around our God who has given us that life. So Jesus, help us have a sober heart, a sober mind. Help our motives, help our, help our, just our, our joys and our pieces and our, and our deliverances not be found in anything here, but be found in you and you alone. Lord, help your word be the roadmap as we walk through all of the days of our life. Jesus, help, you, help us rest. Jesus, help us rest. Help us surrender. Help us be honest. Help us praise you. Help us thank you for what you have already done and what you are doing and what you will do. Lord, help us have that, 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 just that revelation, just like John did. That look, you are mighty and you are still the same today as you were yesterday, as you will be tomorrow. Jesus, you are the anchor that still holds. Help us hold on to you. Even when we don't have the answers and when we feel overwhelmed. Every breath is a chance to acknowledge that you are God and that you are still good. So Lord, we look to you and we just declare right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are a peace, you are a song, you are a joy, you are a salvation. In Jesus' name we pray and we surrender. Amen. 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 So I got done recording this week's episode and I forgot that I wanted to end this episode playing a song. And so I got back out the camera, got back out the mic to, uh, to tell you this right now. This song I felt led to end this week's episode with, and it's a song by the band Newsboys. It comes off of their album Thrive. And it's such a very special song to me because basically the whole song is just saying like, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know where everything is going. And the Lord has used this song in my life um, through a lot of periods of heartbreak, of just overwhelmingness, of just being like, Lord, what in the world is happening? You know, all the things that I trusted in, all the things that I, I, I felt like you were leading me towards, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know where you're at, and I don't know where to go and what to do. And it's just such a timely song, no matter where we go in this life. And it's such a timely song in this uh, this week's episode, what we talked about. But it's such a timely song in this season as well. So again, this song is called Lord, I Don't Know. And it's by the band Newsboys. Enjoy. Talk to you next week, guys. Lord willing. Bye. <laughs>
Until you're ever 